All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, TE1. TE1 will chronicle a 60-year evolution of the tight end position, from its origins as an obscure, overlooked blocking role to the versatile superstar position that it is today. I'll explore the evolution of the position through conversations with some of the all-time game-changing tight ends. And just like the incredible tight ends we sit down with on my new show, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. This truck is all about grit, strength, and dependability. The same attributes it takes to be a tight end. This is a Web Canopy Studio production. Welcome, everybody, to Dropping the Gloves with, thankfully, another hockey edition. There's stuff to talk about, Tim, because the game goes on. We have a game six, which is exciting. But yes, Tim, welcome to your show, I should say. I don't know why I always welcome you. This is your show, too, Tim. (laughs) Good morning, John. How was uh, the birthday weekend? It was really good. It was stressful. We had... um, you know, lots of stuff going on with the house and things that we had to get ready, but it was really good. We went out to Glen, Glen Arbor, Glen Lake area and had lunch and went to the park and then, I don't know, had a nice dinner and it was just a low key birthday. I'm, listen, I'm getting old. The birthdays aren't as exciting as they used to be. So there was no cake. There was no big hoopla or this and that. The kids, I know, each made a card for me and that was about it. So, which was great. And I got a new car. So that was nice. There you go. Yeah. But anyways, what an exciting weekend of games. So coming in, I didn't know they were back-to-back. Yeah, I didn't either. Someone told me, gosh, on Thursday, they were like, yeah, are you getting ready for this weekend? Back-to-back games. Like, what are you talking about? So I was up Friday night, Saturday night, just like devouring these games. My wife's like, what are you doing? I'm going to bed. So I think the Dallas Stars should be up three games to two right now. Which game should they have won? They got robbed in overtime. They got absolutely robbed in overtime. And they just fundamentally just shot themselves in the foot. Let's just go over game game four because it's such a crucial game. They're down two to one. And they come out and they play great. And I don't know if you can remember both games, Tim. It's kind of hard. They kind of gel together at this point with all the overtimes and such. But Dallas jumps out to a lead and – 
in hockey, there's one rule that you live by. And I'm sorry, there's many rules that you live by, but this is an important rule. You never, ever, ever let the other team score when there's three minutes left in the game. It's just, it's a fundamental lesson that you learn early. You never want to give them momentum. You never let another team score in the last three minutes of a game. And the Dallas Stars, they're having this problem where they are just giving up chances near the ends of periods. I don't know if they stop playing, they just get complacent or what it is, but in that game four, they were dominating the first period, dominating. And they let Yanni Gord slip in and he scores to make it two to one right at the end of the first period. And that changes the game. And the same thing happened at the end of the second period where they let Tampa Bay score right at the end of the second period to make, am I right on this, Tim? Yeah. What are you smiling about? I'm just listening to you talk. Relax. You're just creeping me out. But um, anyways, then they let him score at the end of the second period. I'm like, come on, guys. Like, it's just this, you think you would learn your lesson to figure it out. And I tell you what, the goal at the end of the second period was absolute poetry. It was beautiful. That's when a goal like this that Tampa Bay scored, you just tip your hat to the coaching staff because they knew that they had found something in the Dallas Stars where they could exploit it at at some point. And what they found was when Tampa Bay sets up the puck behind the net and Dallas goes into their set defense where they don't pressure, whether it's on a change or they're just tired or whatever it may be, they're protecting a lead. Maybe at this, maybe they were protecting a lead this point, Dallas. So they found something where, okay, Dallas, when they do their set defense, they go man on man. That means there's a forward in front of the net, locking down the guy behind the net with the puck. There's another forward pressed up on the defenseman who's on either side of the net. And then this is where it gets a little tricky. So the one defenseman is on the winger that's usually blown the zone, and the other defenseman is playing on the centerman no matter where he goes. So the center usually swings low. The D-man goes with him. And the other forward is locked up on the other on the other winger. So this play, what Tampa Bay did, they put took that centerman and dropped him way down, like near their own blue line. And they just got points, and he just got a boatload of speed. And they're like, okay, we're going to wind you up, and you're going to have to outskate this forward. And that's what he did. He went in his own zone. He turned the burners on, and he just was gone. And that stars forward. You can't, like, casually cover some guy. Then all of a sudden, he's going 100 miles an hour, and you just can't turn it on like that. It's really, really hard. And then Tampa made a nice pass up to Kucherov on the sidewall. He fed it in the middle to point, who had a breakaway at this point because the D-man has been sucked down into Tampa Bay zone. I don't know if I'm getting too like technical here. I just saw this play. I thought it was absolutely beautifully drawn up. I was like, this is perfect. The perfect time, the perfect system. They probably didn't do it every time. They waited for their perfect lineup, point, and Kucherov guys who can make plays. And anyways, he feeds up to Kucherov. Kucherov makes a nice little space zone pass to point. Point skates into it, and then boom. One minute left, they score. I'm just like, oh, I was upset at Dallas for letting this happen. But I was just amazed at Tampa Bay by how well they executed this play and just how perfect and the timing. It was just, it was such a great play. Anyways, they move on. Dallas, they tie the game four to four. We're going into overtime. There was some kind of suspect penalties at the end of the game. I think Perry should have got a penalty. I don't think who dove. Was it point? Uh, with, with the collision with Ben? 
No, um, Perry stuck someone between the legs. Oh, yeah. That was Point, I think. And then so Point gets the diving. That was not a diving call. Perry just pitchforked him. He got him that, good. That, that was a penalty. I, I think Tampa Bay kind of got the raw in that deal. And then, yeah, the overtime penalty when Ben and Johnson. Johnson just a little gnat. Like, it, he did He tried to do it again the next game. He did the exact same thing where him and Ben were wrestling on the boards and Ben just kind of man throws him and Johnson goes flying and he puts his arms up like, what do you mean? It's just, it looked like a slew foot to me. Like that, that's how I'll, I'll give the ref a little pass because when I first saw it, I was like, whoa, he slew footed them. That was bad. Like he's going to get a penalty for that. And then when you look at the replay, his foot doesn't even come anywhere near his other foot. Johnson just got pigeon tossed. And Ben goes to the box for being man, man strength in the playoffs. So you really hate to see a game end that way, especially such a pivotal game where if, listen, if Tampa goes up three to one, this series is over. And that's what happened. They get out there. Their power play has been on fire. They were six for 12 once they scored that power play goal. That is lethal in the Stanley Cup finals. Like that's insane. So they go up three to one. The series is over. Don't you think? I would think so. Yeah. I mean, Tampa for sure could win one of the, out of the next three. I would think so too. So then you go to the next night, you how, how are we going to respond? What I thought was funny was remember when we first got into this bubble and it was the beginning of the playoffs and there was all this goaltending shuffle because everybody wanted to, you know, we got to save our goalies. They can't go back to back. Both, both teams went right back to their goalies and they both played great. Hudobin stood on his head, 39 saves. Tampa has the lead with six minutes left. Friend of the show, friend of the program, Joe Pavelski, just typical Joe, sniffing around the net, gets a rebound, finds it, throws it upstairs. I bet you, if you, because he scored 13 goals now, he's leading the league. If you were to do like a distance, average distance that he is from the net when he scores the goal, it's got to be within five feet. (laughs) He scores, I would say, 80% 80% of his goals within five feet of the net. Just whether it's the high slot, getting a rebound, getting a tip. Like, he is so good at that. So good. And I – good job by the Dallas Stars GM, getting Corey Perry and Joe Pavelski. Those two guys are just playing so good. So good. It's really fun to watch them just kind of just take over games. Sagan has come around a little bit. You know, he's got a couple of assists. I don't think he's playing – his peak self, but I don't know. These were very, very good games, and I'm, I'm glad Dallas got that OT winner. Good for Corey Perry. I love the celebrations. Just kind of a little bit different where he goes down with the hands on the ice. But I don't know. What, what was your takeaway, Tim, from these two games? I've been going on and on here. The Ben penalty, yeah. I thought it was – it looked like a slew foot just because of, you know, the way that it happened, bang, bang, play. But it looked like he was – if you watch it closely, he's just battling for position – and he's getting a penalty because he's stronger than Tyler Johnson. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's not really it, – it, I don't blame the ref for calling it because of the way it looked, but it was kind of – it, it shouldn't have been a penalty ultimately. Let me ask you this. Let me jump in. Do you think because they have replays for goals, because they have replays for offsides, should a coach have one replay in their pocket for a penalty that they can overturn? No, no. No? But just one. And if they work it and it gets overturned – then they can still have that one? You don't think so? No. No, I don't. I'll be up there in a little bit. Um, okay. I, I don't know. I don't really have a reason for it. I just feel like that that changes the game too much. You got to leave it some just, stuff to the refs. Yeah. 
Okay. All right. Uh, Cause you know, people are going to scream for it. We should have some ability to challenge like they do in basketball, like they do in football. We have the technology. It wouldn't take very long, but you think it just t- it changes the integrity of the game. You like that human aspect of the referee. I do. Yeah, I do. Um, again, you know, when it's, when it's against my team and I'm upset, then maybe not, but, um, and then the other, the other cool thing is Pavs, not, not only is he now tied for the league, uh, lead in, in goals this season, but he broke, uh, he just passed, uh, Madano and Joe Mullen, Joe Mullen, Joe yeah, Mullen for the most playoff goals in history among us born players, which is pretty cool. And he's got a few more, you know, under his sleeve. So he's going to break that by four or five or six by the time his career is done. Um, which is really, really cool. 61 goals in the playoffs. That's incredible. It's a lot. I know. Good for him. And then this, the reporters are just so dense. It's like, they're just asking about that after the game. It's like, obviously he's not going to go in on that and like, just say, Oh, I'm the best. This yeah. The best. This I saw the best. It's like they have game six in a couple of days. We're trying to win the Stanley cup. Like, let's just give them a, I don't know. It's just the time and the place. Like ask them after the season, if they've won or if they've lost, like, I want to ask him to be on the show right now, but I'm not going to. It's just like <laughs> he's focused. A, he's not going to do it, so I don't even want to be embarrassed. But B, <laughs> just let him, just leave him be. Like he's in the zone right now. He really is. Anytime he's on the ice, he's a dangerous player. He's making smart plays with the puck. Hit that line with Radulov and Ben. They're a good line. Really, really good line. Dallas shuffled the lineup a little bit just to kind of create some offense, and it worked. Game four and five, they they produced so. We'll see what happens. What's your prediction for game six tomorrow night or tonight? Yeah, I think Dallas wins. I think this goes seven for sure. Um, and and so Stamkos is out the rest of the season or the series. Did you see that? Yeah. I I don't think it's huge news. I, I don't think. No, I don't think it's big news. I think it was just bound to happen. But I it'll be interesting to see what his injury is. Do you have any guess what his injury is? No, no, I wouldn't guess. So they say it's lower body. Um, I'm guessing as a like a torn ACL or MCL or something like that, and he just tried to play it and he couldn't do it, and now he's out. Something like that. That's my prediction. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just the way the series has gone, I think it's, this does go seven now. I hope so. I think just for the sake of Dallas, they do deserve um, a game seven. And how exciting would this be? Game seven. Who? Oh, it would just be great. It would be really, really good for hockey. But anyways. There was some other hockey news that happened. Yeah. We last episode we were talking about buyouts. This is a a very bittersweet buyout. The first one of the season, Bobby Ryan gets bought out by the the Ottawa Senators. So I guess we saw this coming. The writing was on the wall. He's due fifteen million dollars in real cash over the next two years. He's making seven point two five a year. He's making a big large number. And we've joked about his contract in the past, but it's it's a bittersweet one just because of what he went through with the substance abuse stuff, his, his comeback, his like great comeback. He won the Masterson Trophy this year. So, I don't know. It, it, it had to happen, but good for, I don't know, good for Bobby to get back on his feet. And I, it'll be interesting to see where he lands because he's kind of in the same landscape as a Corey Perry where he's a veteran goal scorer who's kind of lost his way. And he's still valuable. He still can produce if you put him in the right spot. He might be a perfect spot for a team like Pittsburgh. You know, throw him, maybe get him on Crosby's or Malkin's line, and you can kind of revitalize that goal-scoring touch that he still has. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, so I was thinking Pittsburgh. I think Chicago could be a, a decent oh, choice. Yeah. But I feel like he's going to end up in Buffalo. He's going to be in Buffalo. Just not a chance. I, I, 
it just seems like it, that's exactly what's going to happen. Question though, how does how does the the math of you know the of the the buyout work? If a team's owe him any of that money, or is it is it a clean sheet now? How does that work? No, no, Ottawa still has to pay him a percentage of his salary, and I'm not sure what the number works out to be, but I think it's somewhere in the range of seventy percent of his contract he still gets. Mm-hmm. So Ottawa is on the. Uh, yeah, they're on the tab for that. And that's why you see their cap. Their cap slowly dwindles off even after the two years. I think they still have another year where they own some cap space. It's taken off his cap space. But Buffalo, you think Bobby Ryan, who has played the last however many years in Ottawa, is going to have a chance to go anywhere in the NHL, and he's going to pick Buffalo? I don't know how many teams are going to call him, and I just feel like it's just it just feels like that's exactly what's going to happen. But the thing is, he's still making, like, just say he's making $5 million from Ottawa. He doesn't have to sign a big deal. He can sign a league minimum contract, play on the third line, be a second power play guy, and just that's, that's all he has to do. He doesn't need to sign a big contract. So teams will love that. Who are cash-strapped right now to get a guy of his skill level, just throw him in, and then maybe you hit the, hit the lottery, and he just puts up 25 goals. So I think... I think there'll be lots of suitors for him. If he's humble enough to take a million bucks or 800 grand, which I think he will, because he's already getting a check from Ottawa every year for 5.5 million bucks. So I don't know. I, I could see him on a team like Chicago, like you said, or Pittsburgh. But then here's the thing. Does his, his rehab, his kind of issues come into play where he doesn't want to put himself in a situation where he could be tempted, like going to an LA or Chicago those are big towns and they have a lot of distractions. So I don't know, you know, I I've never been really addicted to anything or had that kind of personality. So does that come into play where it's like, okay, listen, I'm not going to Toronto. Like I have a lot of temptations there. Yeah. Not a chance. Plus the pressure. You know? Exactly. So like, do I go to Columbus where it's like, there's not a lot of nightlife. There's some, but I bet not as much as there would be like in LA or Toronto or Anaheim or any other, you know, big city. So that'll be interesting. Hopefully Bobby can find a nice, uh, a nice signing spot. You've counted on restaurants and other accounting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed and they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. I was craving Olive Garden the other day. Tim, boom, DoorDash, Olive Garden to my door in 40 minutes. Piping hot, chicken Alfredo, tour of Italy. Thank you so much, DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off your zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. So don't forget that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. The wait is finally over and football is back. Oh my God, the Bills are 3-0, Tim. It's unbelievable. The Patriots are 2-1, and one, so lucky. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Bet BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their wagering opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. 
Head to the Bet Online website today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, they are your online sports books experts. So there was a buyout. The team was just letting a player go. Yep. There was a big signing. There was a big, 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 big signing. You want to break the news, Tim? Yeah, Jeff Petrie, or Petrie of the Montreal Canadiens, signed for four years, twenty-five million dollars. Um, whammy. Yeah, John. Gut reaction: Is he worth that money? Negative. No way. What is Montreal doing? Honestly, honest to goodness, he's. He's a solid player. Like he's a good player. He's a great player. He had a great playoffs and a great season. They scored like two or three big goals for them in this in the oh, bubble. Oh, he got two or three goals. Yeah, good for him. But six point two five million dollars. So here's six point two five a year. Krug is like smiling from ear to ear now. Oh yeah. Same with Peter Angelo. Like okay, so the market's still there. They said so. They they were probably worried. Like okay, where is this number going to fall? We don't know. Montreal has set this market now for defensemen who are free agents. It's going to be high now. Krug's not going to take anything less than $8 million because he is light years better than Petrie. Well, I, I won't say light years, but he's much better. That's so more valuable. Oh, this is – Montreal's crazy. If I'm the owner of Montreal, I'm, I'm running to the rink to fire Bergevin, like sprinting as fast as I can go. You've handcuffed this team with Petrie for four years at 6.25. When there's a salary cup crunch, it's just – I just shake my head. I just go – I shake my head. And I the whole time I'm watching the Dallas-Tampa Bay playoffs, I'm just watching Sergachev. how much fun he's having, how good he's playing, how noticeable he is out there. He almost scored the game winner until Pavelski tied it up in game four or game five. It's just like – it's crazy. It's crazy how bad Mark Bergevin is at being a GM. It's just, it's criminal. He has drove this team into just utter, just obscurity for a decade now almost. And he just keeps getting the job because he speaks French. It blows my mind. It blows my mind. Any other GM would have been gone two, three years ago. And it's not like Montreal is a small market team. This is the biggest market in hockey. This is the biggest market. They have the most history, and this guy gets four chances, five chances. It's just like, what? When is it? When's enough? When's enough, Tim? You know, when's enough? He's he's going to be like, you know what? I still feel like I got it. I'm going to come out and play. I think I, I think I can contribute. I'll kill penalties. I'll play a couple minutes, and the GM will be like, or the owner will be like, that's a good idea, Mark. You should do that. <laughs> and then he'll die. Then he'll die on the ice. That's the only that's the only way that he'll ever get off the team. It's I don't know. Tim, do you like this signing? No, no. I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head. He's 32 right now. I mean, like he's he's put out some decent points. He's hopping around the 40 point mark the last few years, including this year where they only played 70 games. Um, so he's a, he's a solid player. He can kill penalties. He's good. He's a good player, but worth 6.25 million a year when there's a cap freeze, like you said. And the other question is, uh, you know, is he? Is, is it a matter of, is he worth it? Or is that kind of what the market will bear right now? If they don't sign him, could he go get that somewhere else? Maybe, but... We never know. I think Bergman panicked. He got worried that this was his guy. His defense is already shaky as it is. It's like, oh, I don't want to lose him. And he overpays. 
he overpays for him. So, and then you're going to have a 36, 37 year old Jeff Petrie making six and a half million dollars. It's just insane. And then Weber, what is Weber signed for? Can you find that out for me yeah, real quick? Because he must be making seven to eight million dollars, and he's signed for a long contract too. So, in this day and age, when the name of the game is moving the puck, getting your defenseman in the rush, speed, 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 you were tied to two defensemen for four years, if not longer, with Weber. Who are eating up? I'm going to say 15 million combined. Yeah, um, Weber more than that. Weber makes 7.8 for for five more years. That's unbelievable. That's so. Yeah, you're 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 tied to them for 14 million combined, and they're not exactly rushing defensemen. They're not exactly a threat when they get the puck. They're really good with the puck. They're really good defensemen, but they are not a threat. They have booming shots. They play really good. But I'm just listen. I'm not trying to take a dump on these two guys. I think they're exceptionally good at defensemen, defensing. (laughs) But I don't think they're worth that much. Petrie is not 6.25. It just blows my mind, Bergerman. Like you were tied into these guys in their late 30s now. It's just crazy. It's just, uh, I just shake my head. I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, I, I I don't know. Maybe you have to. Like you said, you needed a defenseman. You don't want to see him walk. Who else is on the market? Nobody. You got to keep them. You got to bite the bullet and take those last two years. Ideally, you sign them two more years because once you get 35, it's like downhill from there. Oh, my goodness. What do you think, Tim? What else is on the docket today? Well, uh, speaking of defensemen, uh, we had an interesting tweet. Big rumors coming about about Tory Krug. Um, Ooh, from I did not see this. A gentleman from a podcast who shall not be mentioned because we don't, we don't list out our competitors but tweeted out yesterday morning that basically expect the Bruins to trade Tory Krug's right tomorrow, a- a.k.a. today, um, for a team to give a chance to sign up before the October 9th deadline. Um, and he said expect Colorado, Florida, Vegas, and Detroit to be among the suitors. So Ray Whitney must have tweeted that out. R.A. R.A. Ryan Whitney. Dude, come on. Ryan Whitney. Ryan Whitney. <laughs> was it Ryan Whitney? No, it was R.A. He's the uh, the local Boston guy. He's one of the, the guy who founded the show. Never heard of him. Um, interesting. So he he he's going out on a limb and listing off those four teams. Uh, he must have heard something. He must know somebody. Maybe he knows Tory Krug. Where's your? You're my Boston guy, Tim. Come on, step your game up. Yeah. Put some feelers out in the Boston area, Southie. I'll send us some tags. Come on, Tim. Useless. So, you know what? I don't even want to get into it. We talked about preparation last episode. Obviously, you didn't get the message. <laughs> so what? What's the, what's the right price for the rights to talk to Tory Krug? What do the Bruins expect back? Fourth rounder? Yeah. I think that would be – you're not going to give up anything more than that. I think a fourth rounder would be the ceiling on this. Don't you think? I have no idea. I, it's hard to put a, a price tag on that. Right. To put a price tag on a week, a week's worth of negotiation. Yeah. Because that's all you're going to get. If you, if you get them today, you get a week and a couple of days. It's not that much more. Like, And then you have Tory Krug sitting there like, well, all I have to do is wait for a week and I get to talk to everybody. So, you know, what's, what's, the, what's the price on that? I would say a fourth would be really, really a good price for that. I got traded for a fifth rounder. So if he does get traded for a fifth rounder, then I can say that me and Tori Krug are on the same level as far as trades go. You can go upstairs and tell your daughters that. They won't care, but I could tell all the hockey people. You would you would care, Tim. 
I just think that'd be funny if he got traded for a fifth rounder. I can call him Tory. <laughs> we're the same. We're the same. I think here's my prediction. Detroit, Detroit signs him. Yeah. They're, they seem to be up on the front runners there. They've got the money to spend. And the other news, they traded for Mark Stahl last week as well. That was a gift for the Rangers. So, I th- yeah, the Rangers kept some salary. They sent a draft pick with Mark Stahl to Detroit. Mark is a shell of his player. But, you know, again, he's like a Jeff Petrie kind of player where he plays good defense. He's not as good as Petrie, but similar body style and stuff. But, yeah, they – that's that's a trade Detroit made to get a draft pick and to just get a body, a warm body. I don't know how long Stahl stays in Detroit, to be honest with you. But I don't know. I, I think that would be a good fit Detroit. Krug's a local guy. He went to school around here, didn't he? And uh, he's becoming old to Detroit. Yeah. I think Steve Eiserman is going to bring a lot of players in here just for the pitch of, listen – be be part of something big here. Let's get the Detroit Red Wings back to where they were, their original six team. He himself can testify of how, how great the town is when they're winning Stanley Cups. He rebuilt that whole team. They were garbage when he was drafted there. So I, I think he has a good sales pitch there. People want him, you know, Steve Eisman, he's done it all, you know. So I think people will be a little bit interested to see what he's going to do there. They have cap space. They have a lot of young, good players. They have some draft picks. So – it wouldn't surprise me if he signed some big players this offseason to uh, start that rebuilding process, expedite it a little bit. But uh, So apparently we'll see today if um, if that tweet is correct by Whitney or R.A. or whoever it is. Who are those guys are from dropping – or what's their name? The Spitting Chicklets. Do you listen to them, Tim? Uh, occasionally. If they interview someone that I care about, then I'll listen to it. I have not listened to one episode of theirs. Not even the one you were on? No, I'm not that egotistical. Got to listen to all my interviews. No, I don't even listen to our shows very often. Sometimes I do. Now that I'm working at the house now, I do a little more. I just shake my head. I'm like, man, I need to get a new co-host. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, Brian Bickle, do you know he's doing the Battle of the Blades? Your old buddy? I do know that. Yeah. Are you going to... Know, huh? Do you know why? Because you passed on it? I passed on it again, yes. Um, but they asked me to be, or Brian asked me to be in his fan corner. What does that mean? So do you know how they do the virtual fans now? I like the basketball games and all that stuff. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm doing. So is it going to be like just like a, a still frame of you? Are you going to be on video? How does that work? Video. So I don't know. I've been playing phone tag with the lady who's kind of controlling it. And she's just like, make sure your internet connection's like high, high speed. We want to get this. We'll send you some backdrops. We'll... And I, I haven't talked to her just because I've been busy, but she's been sending me messages and trying to get a hold of me. But I don't know. Maybe I missed the kind of period where they're picking people. But, yeah, I'm on the list for Brian to be in his, like, uh, fan corner. So wow. you'll see me on the screen. I know. You know what? If I can't be on the ice, I'll be in the stands. That's how, that's how my NHL career was, too. <laughs> Um, and and did, the second best thing. did you see this Hornquist stuff going on over the weekend that he got traded? Well, he got traded. And then someone tweeted out a picture in Pittsburgh of, of his house and his driveway with like his, his Pittsburgh stuff all laid out in the driveway. And they were trying to put out the narrative that he was so angry about the trade that he threw his stuff out on the lawn. Right. And everyone's talking about like, Oh, Pitts, you know, Pittsburgh and, and Hornquist and, he should be grateful for all the money he made here and won two cups, and now he's acting like a little baby, throwing a hissy fit and tossing his stuff out on the lawn and all this stuff. 
And people were like, he's literally airing out his stuff. You know what I mean? Was it his hockey gear? It was his hockey gear. Like, yeah, like his, his I'm looking at a picture now. It's uh his like his jersey, his bag, his pants, his pads, like everything just laid out in his driveway in the sun. Just like every hockey player has done for a hundred years, just air dry it, right? But they're like it's, the internet's going wild and blaming Hornquist for like throwing a hissy fit because he got traded from Pittsburgh. Listen, the internet is the stupidest thing, and people on the internet are the dumbest people in the world. <laughs> they honestly are. And they look for people to attack. That's what they do. So like, oh, we can create a controversy out of this. Let's go get them. Thankfully, hockey people are sane. And they're hopefully, I didn't see this. Hopefully, they're like, just beat it. Like, get out of here. There's nothing to see here. Like, go away. People are just so, oh, stuff like that drives me nuts. I mean, you, you tweet a picture of a guy's house. You know what I mean? His driveway. Like, come on. <laughs> what is that about? It's just, dude, whoever posted that. I'd like to punch that guy in the face. <laughs> Not just being honest. Like, what's the purpose of this? You trying to cause trouble for Hornfist to kind of get him in trouble? Like, just grow up. Like, just shake. There's, there's more important things going on than you snooping by Hornfist's house and taking a picture and insinuating something and getting people riled up. People are stupid. I don't like it. I don't like that one bit. Yeah, he's airing out his gear. I do it. it is it his game jersey? That's the question. Uh, it doesn't look like it. it doesn't it's look his like practice it. jersey. Ugh, people are so dumb, so silly. Tim, don't ever be like that. Do you, uh, just... when you get traded, do they let you take your jersey as a memento? Um, yeah, I think they do. They give you the, the, the big thing is the hockey bag. That's the, I'm, I'm a big hockey bag guy. So I have all the hockey bags every team gave me. It's really, really cool. The only one I didn't get was Montreal. They were too cheap. <laughs> why, give me my why is that the thing that you like to keep? I just think they're really neat. Like they're all canvas. Some are really nice. Um, not, I'm not leather, but like a plastic material. And I don't know. I just get a kick out of hockey bags. So I have them all hanging up. Like if I'm going to do a man cave of any kind, I'll probably just put my hockey bags. just like hanging from the ceiling or something. I just think they're cool. You know, yeah. I'm not a big Jersey guy. I'm not a big pitchers guy, hockey bags. That's my thing. <laughs> and you call me weird, Tim. I don't know. That's just, I, I just get a kick out of walking into my garage. I have like a, room up above my garage i walk up there and they're all hung on their head hooks i have like eight of them maybe nine i have a bunch of them there are a lot of teams it's embarrassing when i do an interview and everybody they list off every single team i played for that's not embarrassing that's how many teams wanted you no i'm like we could just you know stick to maybe three teams (laughs) we could shorten this list they just go from the minnesota wild new york rangers chicago blackhawks buffalo sabers san jose sharks arizona coyotes and the montreal Canadiens. john scott i'm like okay (laughs) just uh, just maybe one or two all those teams you must have been in the league for 20 years you must have played a lot of games holy moly then they go 296 games. I'm like, oh, over nine years. I'm like, oh, that's how you <laughs> But people do the math like nine times 82. You should have played 700 games. I'm like, I know. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of healthy scratches. I almost probably tripled my games. I had three times as many healthy scratches as I did, as I did games played. Maybe, yeah, that's funny. What are you going to do? Paycheck still came through. There it is. <laughs> All right, Tim. Well, what are you doing for the game tonight? Where are you going to watch it? I don't know. What time should I come over? You're going to your girlfriend's house, I would imagine. No, stop She's it. Hey, big, some big personal news. You know, I was in the fantasy baseball playoffs this week. You won. I won last night. Tim. Super, super close. 
Super close. Uh, one of their pitchers got lit up like a Christmas tree and changed the whole series. And, <sighs> yeah, huge one. I won by like 360 to 340, like super, super close. Um, yeah, huge. First time I've ever won this league. I've been in this league for a decade. I came in second once before. Sorry? And you guys upped the buy-in a little bit this year, so there's a little bit more coin on the line. Yeah, I won $1,000. Oh, yeah. Steak dinner for the missus. Oh, I, I got to do something to celebrate. So, yeah, yeah, very, take very her, exciting. Take her somewhere nice. Take her somewhere nice. Nice. Does does she like steak? Who? Yeah. Okay. Good. Nice. Nice. Very, very good. Can you eat steak now with your diet, or what's your diet? Is your diet over? Uh, Wednesday, it's over. Right, technically Thursday. Wednesday's the last day. And have you jumped on the scale yet? No, I'll, I'll do it on Thursday. But so you're not working out at all. You're not doing any exercise, really. Anything more? No. Oh, I'm I'm running a lot. Okay, so now that's a, that's a new. I didn't know that you're running. Your girlfriend likes to run. Is that why? Is that what you do? You're one of those guys who you meet a girl, then you all of a sudden you started taking yoga. What happened to yoga? I still do that too. So your girlfriend likes yoga? No, John. No. You're one of those guys who just changes his personality when he meets a girl. She she oh what are you into? And Tim's like I don't know what are you into. She's like oh I like dogs and yoga. Oh I like Me dogs too. and yoga too. too. It's my favorite. So I, I do yoga every morning in my kitchen on the floor. <laughs> I have a dog. I have a dog. I have two dogs. That's you. That's that's. She's. I like tattoos. I got a tattoo. My whole arm. I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah. No. Don't change I'm, yourself, Tim. Listen, John. I'm glad you crack yourself up. That's that's what's important. I'm just trying to. You know what? I've been around the block. You're a young kid. I'm just trying to keep you. Not much longer. Down. I'm an old man. You are old. Not as old as me. 38. Oof. Duh. That's old, baby. What are you going to do? All right, Tim. Well, with that being said, I got to go make breakfast for the kiddos. So you got to go call your girlfriend. Spend that money. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Let's, let's, uh, let's have a good day, John. I need your help maybe tomorrow at the property to put the screen door in. Okay. The sliding glass door. I'll be around. Are you available after work? Yes. Okay. Let's do it tomorrow night after work then. Plan on it. You got it. Okay. All right. I'm sorry about that, everybody. Thank you for listening, and we will talk to you soon. Hopefully, well, will there be a Stanley Cup winner the next time we talk? When there would could Game be. Seven be? Yeah, Game Seven would be. Well, Wednesday. If, if Tampa wins tonight, that's it. Hopefully, we'll talk before there's a Stanley Cup winner because I think Game Seven would be on Wednesday. All right, everybody, stay well, stay safe, and stay cool, man. Cheers. I don't know. <laughs> Hey guys, thanks for listening. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at Dropping Underscore Gloves for episode highlights, behind-the-scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways. Check out johnscottallstar.com slash shop for merchandise including t-shirts, hats, hoodies, and so much more. And please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love. Thanks, and see you next time.